Uh, this is a reading from uh, the Gospel according to Luke, chapters 13 to 35. And when Richard handed me this little note this morning, I, I opened my Bible to Luke 24. I thought, hallelujah, God's in charge, not us. And I'm reading it from the NLT, so if there is something comes up there and it's confusing, just don't look at it. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them, but God kept them from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened there in the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and that they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that this, the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them and they sat down to eat. He took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognised him. And at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Amen. So it is bank holiday weekend. And uh, so I thought bank holiday weekends, road trips. And... uh, I've been fortunate enough to, uh, to, to go on one or two uh, road trips. I, I don't know about you, but I like driving. Uh, some people, the idea of uh, spending seven or eight hours in, in the car is a nightmare, but, uh, but I like it. And uh, 
During my uh, recent sabbatical, well, last year now, uh, I did a road trip uh, across uh, America with a friend, and uh, it's great just uh, just being out on on the open road. Uh, you know, time to think and uh, and see and explore and to and to meet new people and uh, new places. And so it seemed appropriate on uh, on Bank Holiday weekend and uh, continuing in our in our looking at the uh, resurrection accounts of Jesus. We've seen uh, Jesus appearing to Thomas. We've uh, seen Jesus uh, on the uh, shores of Galilee appearing to the disciples. And last week we were thinking about uh, we were looking at uh, Jesus and Peter on the shores of the Lake Galilee. And this morning we are on the, a road trip, and it's a road trip to uh, Emmaus, the Emmaus road trip, and uh, we are in uh, Luke's Gospel, Luke 24, and uh, I'm going to use some uh, road signs to help us uh, navigate through this road to Emmaus, as I invite you uh, to join me on this road trip, because the thing about road trips, it's who you're travelling with. Uh, that makes the difference, isn't it? I'm sure you've been uh, in a car with people that are a delight to be in the car with and the, and the, the miles pass by, but I'm sure you've also had that experience of, of perhaps being on a trip with, with people that, that time drags and, uh, and you're glad when you get to the destination and you're able to say farewell to your travelling companion. Well, hopefully this morning it won't be like that, but I do invite you uh, to join me in Luke 24 on this road trip. Now on that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, so not too far, but let's uh, remember they weren't travelling in a car, they were travelling on foot. So uh, it's going to take them uh, a fair amount of time. And uh, the first sign to help us navigate this road is slow road ahead. Slow road ahead. These two disciples, as they set off from Jerusalem, um, they've lost something of that spring in their step because of where they have been. They're coming from Jerusalem. Uh, they've just experienced uh, Jesus' death. Um, they've been there and, and seen Jesus dying on the cross. And uh, this is what they're talking about on that road. They they stood still, their faces were downcast and uh, they said but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel they were saying that they had hoped and it's in the past tense they've lost that hope Um, we don't expect it now we had high hopes for the future but those hopes have gone And maybe some of us know what it's like to have our hopes dashed. Maybe some of us feel that we walk with a rather a slow stride in our step now. Because of the things that we have experienced in life. That we've lost something of that zest for life. Because of the experiences that we've been through. And this was the situation that the two disciples find themselves in. It was a slow road. They, they weren't in, in any hurry. Um, they were contemplating and thinking about what had happened uh, over the last few days. This is a, a quote from uh, Philip Yancey in his book, Disappointment with God. He says, I found that for many people there is a large gap between what they expect from their Christian faith and what they actually experience. 
from a steady diet of books, sermons, personal testimonies, all promising triumph success, they learn to expect dramatic evidence of God working in their lives. If they don't see such evidence, they feel disappointment. Sometimes our expectations about what God is going to do don't actually match the reality of how it is. And this was the case for these two disciples. They had hoped that Jesus was going to be the one who was going to redeem Israel. They'd seen all these wonderful things. They'd experienced the miracles. They'd experienced the teaching. They'd experienced the effect that Jesus had on people. And everything had finished with Jesus' death. They were disappointed. And so they slowly walk along this Emmaus road, uh, talking about what's happened, sharing with one another. The next sign is a, is a caution, poor visibility. We get that quite a bit around here, don't we? If, you, if, you, if you're on the roads early in the morning, sometimes you get that mist that, that drops, or you, you, know, you, you get onto the M66 and, uh, and you see that sign, poor visibility. Because somebody joins them on the journey, but they don't recognize who it is. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. They were kept from recognizing him. Uh, They couldn't see that it was Jesus, even though he was walking along the road beside them. I don't know if you've noticed in the resurrection uh, accounts, uh, very often people didn't straight away recognize it was Jesus. Mary thought he was the gardener. Uh, when we were looking at the uh, Jesus' appearance to the disciples on the uh, shores of Lake Galilee, uh, they thought it was a stranger on the shore. They didn't realize who it was until John saw the fish and made the connection. Uh, it would seem that there was something about Jesus' resurrection appearance uh, that maybe was maybe was slightly different. But here, Luke tells us that they were actually kept from recognizing as if something supernatural was going on. And I wonder whether you've had that same experience in your life, um, that you've been kept from recognizing Jesus. And maybe just at the point where you really wanted to know that Jesus was with you when things have gone wrong and you just can't see Jesus. And it's almost as if something is keeping you from being able to see that Jesus is actually with us in that situation. That was the experience for the two disciples on Emmaus Road. Uh, and, they, and as they taught, they say, some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see. They didn't see either. Poor visibility. I wonder how our visibility is. Have we got good eyesight? Um, do we see Jesus? You know, when we come to church on a Sunday morning, there's a kind of a, an expectation that we're going to meet with Jesus, isn't there? Uh, we know we're going to be singing about Jesus and hearing about Jesus. Uh, but what about in other places? Uh, you know, when we're out and about, do we have a poor visibility as far as seeing Jesus? Or can we see Jesus in the people that we meet, in the places that we go? Sometimes people talk about, come on, let's take Jesus out into the world as if he's not already there. 
Jesus is in our world and sometimes our job is to recognise Jesus at work, in the lives of people, in situations and to be able to have that good visibility that we can see when Jesus is at work. So the two uh, walking along the road to Emmaus, they had poor visibility, they couldn't see it. Uh, Rob Bell in his uh, book, Jesus Wants to Save Christians too, says in Jesus' day people could read, study and discuss the scriptures their entire lives and still miss its central message. In Jesus' day people could follow him, learn from him, drop everything to be his disciples and yet find themselves returning home thinking Jesus had failed. Which is a bit like walking with someone for hours only to discover that you've missed who they really are the whole time because the stranger is, of course, Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, we were saying the stranger on the shore was Jesus. And this morning, we're saying the stranger on the road is Jesus. And for some of us, Jesus is a stranger. Maybe for some of us, we don't know Jesus that well. I mean, the disciples actually... You know, they, they physically met Jesus and spent time with him. Um, we don't have that experience, do we? So our experience is, is somewhat different than the disciples. We don't actually physically see Jesus. And it's difficult, isn't it, when you're talking to people that don't know Jesus, to actually explain what that relationship is with somebody we can't actually see. Sometimes... We need to try and recognise the stranger on the road, the stranger in the town, the stranger maybe even in our own home as Jesus. Poor visibility uh, was the experience of the two disciples as they walked along the Emmaus road. And then my next sign is to help us navigate is, is minds under construction. Minds under construction. Because Jesus enters into a, a conversation with these two disciples on the road. And I, I like the way that uh, Jesus says, you know, what are you discussing together uh, as you walk along the road? You know, as if Jesus had no idea what's going on. And uh, he does that so that they can tell their story. Jesus is interested in your story. Other people might be fed up to the teeth of you, uh, you know, harping on about what's going on in your life and your story. Uh, but Jesus is interested. He wants to hear your story. What are you talking about? He gives them the opportunity to share their hearts, to share their feelings, to express what's going on in their lives. And, you know, when somebody makes it plainly obvious that they're not really interested in what you're talking about. Remember, Jesus wants to hear your story. Your story is important. And, uh, you know, never be put off from sharing your story. Mine's under construction. He said to them, how foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Many of us can identify with that verse, can't we? How foolish we are and how slow. Are you foolish and slow to get it and to catch on uh, sometimes to what Jesus is doing and what Jesus is saying? I know I am. We, we can miss Jesus, can't we? We can miss Jesus. If we're not tuned in, we can, we can miss it. 
He says, did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all scripture concerning him. I love that, that Jesus reminds the disciples and us as well as we read this, that all scripture points to Jesus. I can remember when I was at Bible college that our Old Testament lecturer always said, your job is to find Jesus as you search through the Old Testament. And if you're preaching on the Old Testament and you don't manage to bring Jesus into your sermon, you have missed the point because all scripture points to Jesus. And uh, of course, when people read that, they think, if only we knew what it was that Jesus said as he went through Moses and all the prophets and he, and he, and he pointed out to the disciples how these scriptures pointed to him and to his ministry, his life, his death and his resurrection. Did not Christ, the Christ have to suffer these things? Uh, Tom Wright, the, uh, the, uh, Anglican writer says this, only when we see the Old Testament as reaching its natural climax in Jesus will we have understood it. Equally, we will only understand Jesus himself when we see him as the one whom scripture points, not only in isolated text, but in the flow of the story. And when we grasp this, we like Cleopas and his wife will find our hearts burning within us. When you discover something in scripture that you've not seen before, you do have that excitement of, of having actually done the work and studied. We do encourage people to study scripture um, and not just to uh, receive it and, and listen to people like me or who's ever stood here, but to actually study it for ourselves and make it our own and make those discoveries for ourselves. We want to encourage people to engage in reading the Bible and studying and talking about it and debating about it and learning from one another. And that's why we're always encouraging people to take part in, in Bible study groups and house groups and prayer meetings because we want people to be able to have that experience that those two disciples had as Jesus opened the scriptures for them and taught them. So, uh, minds under construction and our minds should be constantly under construction. I mean, so many Christians who, who in many senses, they've, they've closed their Bible. Well, I, I know everything that I need to know now. I've, I've, I've arrived. I, I know it. And, you know, if we don't keep studying Scripture, we will, we will not keep moving forward. Uh, we are, I'm always discovering new things as I study the Scripture, things that I've not seen before, because I am foolish and, and dim and slow to, to recognize. And we need to go back and back and back. And, and we do read the same stories again and again and again to discover the wonderful truth about Jesus. Mind's under construction. I hope your mind is still under construction and your mind's not made up and you've decided. Because you, we meet people like that, don't they? And you know that their minds are closed. You can tell when you're talking to them that they're not interested because they've made their mind up. I've decided that this is what it says and this is what it believes. And if anybody says anything different, well, I'm not even going to consider it. because. And you close your mind to what God might be wanting to say. 
And we need to keep our minds open. We need to be listening and constantly allowing God to teach us. And then, of course, if you're ever on a road trip, uh, one of the things you're always looking out for is a pit stop, isn't it? Somewhere to stop, somewhere to, uh, to get that cup of coffee um, or that uh, snack. And uh, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. It is uh, about who you meet on the journey. This is a, a road trip. Uh, uh, this was a family that opened their home to us. Uh, amazing. Um, uh, we'd contacted a few churches by email. And, and this couple who we, we didn't know uh, said, why don't you come and visit us? Uh, we'd been driving about 10 hours that day. And uh, we'd just got an address. And we arrived in this small American town. And it was pitch dark. And we asked one or two people, and nobody seemed to know. We'd, we'd got a phone number, but I didn't have a mobile signal. And we were feeling pretty hopeless. And eventually we found, a, we found a pay phone. And we rang this number. And this guy who we'd never met before, didn't know us from Adam, uh, said, stay where you are, I'll come to you. And he drove out and came to us, and he drove us back home, and he put us up overnight, and he fed us. And uh, he said, the first phone call I got in the morning was from one of my deacons. He said, I just wanted to check that you were still with us because you, I knew you were meeting these two people. And I, we didn't know whether it was for real or a con or someone was trying to... And, uh, you know, hospitality, opening your homes uh, to the stranger. That was part of, uh, you know, Jewish culture. That if you went to a village, people would open their homes up and, and feed you and welcome you in. And this was part of our culture. And we've lost something of that, haven't we? We're suspicious of the stranger, aren't we? We do think that somebody's going to try and take advantage of us. And uh, sometimes that stops us helping people and stops us being able to share something of Christ with people. Well, these two disciples, they were embedded in Jewish company and culture and they invited Jesus uh, to, uh, to come and eat with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. Then their eyes were opened. Remember at the beginning we talked about uh, that they were kept and now their eyes are opened. Something spiritual, supernatural was going on here. God was working on these two disciples. And at this moment when Jesus broke the bread... Their eyes are open and suddenly they can see. Just like a couple of weeks ago, it was when John saw the fish that his eyes were opened and he recognised Jesus. What is it in our lives? What is, what is it that makes us recognise Jesus? What are the circumstances? What are the signs that suddenly we say, I know it's Jesus. I know what's going on here. It's Jesus. I've just opened my Bible at exactly the point where, where the passage that you've given me, it's Jesus. Sometimes we need something just to help us to recognize it's Jesus. And their eyes were opened. And then Jesus disappears. How frustrating is that? How frustrating is that? Um, but isn't that sometimes what 
being a follower of Jesus is, is like. It's the highs and the lows and the disappointments. Do you notice in all the resurrection stories, there seems to, there seems to be a journey, doesn't there? Uh, you know, when we're looking at the, the, the miraculous catch, there was no catch and then there was a fantastic catch. Uh, Mary in, in the garden thought that he was the gardener and then suddenly she realizes it's Jesus when Jesus speaks her name. And here, it's the breaking of bread because they, maybe they'd been at the Last Supper and they'd seen Jesus breaking bread. Maybe they'd been, you know, on the beach with that marvellous catch where again Jesus broke the bread and they recognised Jesus. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Sometimes it's only in looking back at an experience that we recognise that Jesus was with us. At the moment, when they were on the road and having the conversations, they couldn't see Jesus, but it's only in hindsight that they recognise that was Jesus with us. And sometimes when we're going through really tough times, we can't see Jesus. And sometimes it's only in hindsight that we look back and we say, yes, actually, Jesus was with me. I recognise it now. I couldn't see it at the time. Our hearts burned within us while he talked with us on the road. When was the last time that your hearts burned? Because you were having scripture opened or you are reading scripture and you knew at that moment as you read the scriptures that Jesus was with you at that moment. That's the Emmaus Road experience. And then there's a U-turn. There's a U-turn. They were trudging slowly and wearily from Jerusalem to Emmaus. But when their eyes are opened, they can't wait to get back. They got up and at once returned to Jerusalem. And you can imagine that the spring was back in their step. Uh, that there was probably more of a, a jog because they couldn't wait to get back and tell people about their experience of Jesus. There was an urgency in sharing with the other disciples what they had experienced. And friends, you know, we need to recapture something of that sharing our experience of Jesus. You know, if we've had an experience of Jesus, we need to tell the others. That's what happened here. They went back and and they told the others. And they found out that the others had also had an experience of Jesus. And we need to encourage people Um, You know, it's great to hear testimonies from years and years ago, but we want to hear testimonies of people who are encountering Jesus today, who are having that experience of saying, well, this this is what happened, and and suddenly I realized that Jesus was with me. We need to, it could be something very simple, but sharing it with somebody else will encourage them and encourage them to be able to uh, share their experiences. And... It also speaks, you know, that God is alive, that the resurrection is true, that it actually happened, and that God is still alive today and at work in the lives of his people. So, the Emmaus road trip. I hope that uh, that you have had that experience, and wherever you are on your journey, that you can actually have that experience of suddenly recognizing that Jesus is with you. We're just going to pause and, and hopefully um, have a song as uh, we reflect on that word and as we prepare to meet with Jesus.